Cloud, I'm Jimin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we are talking about Cain and Abel and then the mirror story of Cain and Abel. So we were in the Garden of Eden. We fell. Things got messed up real quick. We're kind of like the peak of the pinnacle of creation and when your peak dies everything else along with it crumbles, right? So you mean it's all downhill from here? Yeah, well, that's what it feels like anyway. When your leadership of the earth falls apart, everything else is affected by that. So the continuation of the fall happens pretty quick. I mean, we gotta say that it seems like a pretty big jump. On one verse, we're like, don't eat this fruit, I'm gonna eat it, right? And then the next one's like, don't kill your brother, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> it's, like, it's, that is kind of a jump. Making murder like your first sin outside of the gardens is pretty up there. I ate something I wasn't supposed to. No, I'm just gonna kill somebody. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and that's why you shouldn't eat junk food. Is that the moral of the story? No, no, no. <laughs> So as we move into the Cain and Abel story, things are not good. And they're worshiping God and someone's jealous of God liking the other's worship more than their own. Even though it seems like Cain's not really putting much effort into his worship. Okay, so let's imagine this as a worship service, alright? So <laughs> we're at church and, and Cain's over there in the corner and is like, oh... Offerings coming around. What are we gonna? What's ten percent? Let's do the math. You know, here's your cut, God. You know, and then there's Abel's. Oh God, I just. What? Where's the? What's the best thing? I, okay, I, I got an extra gift today. What if I give you this? You know, like I, I got. Oh, here's my whole stimulus check, <laughs> essentially. And let's imagine Jesus is the one carrying around the tithe plate, and Abel puts it in. Oh, thanks, man. Cain puts it. In. Sorry, Cain puts it in. Oh, thanks, man. Abel puts it in. It's like, wow, dude, wow. So, anyways, I know this instantly sounds like judgy. But essentially, the way that the story is... Being somebody that collects tithe, you're not supposed to judge people on <laughs> no. the tithe in which they put in. No, you're I'm right. just putting it, on the, putting it out there. Well, Jesus... Okay, since we're going this route, Jesus tells us that it's about the heart, right? He sees a woman put a penny into the offering, and he's like, wow, she's given more than any, even those rich people gave, because she's given everything that she had. That was all she had to go off of. So, like... Jesus is judging the heart, but like in the example that I gave, it was a heart example as well, right? Not just financial, like what's 10%, like what can I give God? Whereas this other guy's like, oh, out of the overflow of my heart, God, what do you want? You know, like take it, it's yours. That's the way that Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel are, are kind of pictured is that Abel brings the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. So it's like, the best of the best and then the best pieces of the best. And then you've got uh, Cain who brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. <laughs> so, so, so what you're saying, so I'm going to try to do an analogy here. Hmm. We already did the analogy though, Casey. Yeah. I mean, the point is like one of them had their heart and he's given the best of the best and the other one's just like, God, make an offering. Here you go. And obviously Cain is... 
out of sync in some other ways too because now he's he's upset because the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering he had no regard <laughs> you know there's sometimes where I wonder where my offering is like here you go guys like thanks man <laughs> like what you don't like this no <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so, like that's that's the story. But like Cain doesn't like that. Cain's very angry, and so uh, God though he's he's gentle. He's like, why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So like, do well, man. You know, pursue God. Sin is pursuing you. Pursue me. Otherwise, this thing will eat you up. Sin is sometimes pictured as like an entity of sorts, like that needs to be destroyed or it will destroy or devour you. Um, so then Cain and Abel get in this fight um, uh, where Cain goes up to the field to see Abel and then kills him. Like that escalated quickly. That's the gift that goes right here, right? So anyways, um, this story, God then shows up He's like, the blood of your brother is crying out to me from the ground. What's going on here, dude? You know, like, why is he dead, essentially? Uh, and then Cain is cursed. Uh, when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And then Cain freaks out. Now, if I'm God, and like, I'm not, by the way. <laughs> Everyone pause. Just for clarification. <laughs> okay, is that need a clarification? <laughs> Case you were wondering. <laughs> if I'm God, I just created Adam and Eve. They done messed up, and now their kids have murdered each other. Like, I'm thinking probably like, this ain't gonna work out, you know? <laughs> it's like, and if I see Cain, I'm probably thinking like, dude, dude. Like, I'm afraid to even let you, like, live, you know? Are you like, trying to hit Control-Z at this point? Something like that. Like, I'm at least nervous, like, should I let you continue to live? Like, who else are you going to kill? Like, you just, like, went, jumped the gun so far. Um, that's not what God does. Uh, Cain actually cries out, like, my punishment is greater than I can bear. <laughs> you're like, dude, you just killed your brother. What you, your punishment is what you're talking about? And uh, um, he's afraid that anyone who finds him, they're gonna kill him. Because he's a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Anyone who finds him is gonna kill him. This is a question back to our last episode again, Monday, when we talked about, were there other people on the planet outside of Adam and Eve? This is another verse that leads me to the statement of, I would say yes. Who are these other people who are going to kill him wandering around the earth? Just something to think about. Just something to think about. Um, but he's afraid. I he's afraid. Whoever finds me, whoever finds me will kill me. And then God responds gracefully, not angrily or like well you know I, I don't know what level of anger there is but like he he responds by saying uh, uh the lord put a mark on cain lest any who found him should attack him then cain went away from the presence of the lord and settled in the land of Nod. so 
God responds by taking care of a murderer. God is pro-life in this case. We often go for the death sentence. God hears like, no. Instead of like, instead of you dying for your sin, I'm also going to put a mark on you, whatever that means, <laughs> so that when other people see you, like they'll be afraid to kill you because they'll know like, I will pour out my vengeance on them if they pour out vengeance on you for what you did. So like God's trying to stop vengeance right from the get-go. God is trying to create peace. God is trying to protect someone who quite honestly deserves to die. I'm sure even by like biblical law standards, right? Um, now, we've fallen pretty far. <laughs> Eat the apple, murder your brother, and then we fast forward just like a paragraph. Cain knows his wife, she bores, she bears, she, she bears. Until <laughs> 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 finally we get to a guy named Lamech. So Lamech is a descendant of Cain. Kazunte. And we now have the first mention of something that we haven't seen before. Lamech took two wives. That wasn't how it was set up in the garden, right? It was just... And Jesus, uh, Jesus again in the New Testament looks at the garden as the way that familial relationships were meant to be set up. And here we have um, Lamech breaking those rules. It's not just Adam and Eve anymore. Now it's Adam, Eve, and Eve, right? He takes two wives. One of them is named Ada and the other Zilla. Uh, and then they have children. And then something interesting happens. Lamech comes to his wives. And we're already like thinking of him kind of in a rebel kind of stance because he's breaking like the way Eden was set up, right? Uh, Lamech comes to his two wives, says, Aram Zilla, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. What is going on in this passage? He killed someone and now he's punishing himself? How so? Is he requesting a curse? How so? I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, explain what you were thinking. Well, because he, he says here, I killed a young man because he hit me. Who wounded him? But if Cain... Why does it say Cain's revenge and not his punishment? So, so if anyone kills Cain, vengeance would be taken on him sevenfold. Yeah. So it would be revenge based on the curse that God put on him. Oh, okay. So, yeah, in case I forgot to mention that, the mark on Cain was if anyone touches you, Cain, vengeance will be put on them sevenfold. God is trying to stop the circle of violence. Right. Right. Now. Okay, so. Yeah. What's, what's his name again? Lamech. Lamech. That's what I like to um, <laughs> So Lamech kills someone and then says, no one can touch me because 
God's revenge on them will be 77 fold. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that killing someone is giving him like power. this extra power. There you go. Yeah. So like we're spiraling quick here. You know, you ever hear like somebody gets like a word from God and it was a good word at the get go, but by the time it's been twisted, it is suddenly like a bad word that empowers someone in a really bad way. I can't think of any examples offhand, so I'll use my own life. So, like, here's here's an example. This isn't this isn't fully gonna match. The verse twenty nine Jeremiah twenty nine eleven became really popular back in the day. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. I was unaware that like every church in existence at the time was just stealing from I don't know Saddleback or Willow Creek. So like everyone's using the same criteria or curriculum. This verse starts appearing everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I go. That like, I, I started counting. <laughs> like I'd see it on web pages. I'd see it in church. Guess, you're counting up to 111? And, well, so I was at like 40 in like a number of weeks or months. And this became like very quickly a life verse. <laughs> I was like, man, God really wants me to hear Jeremiah 29, 11. Why? He's got plans for me. He's got future for me. <laughs> you know, like mad scientist Jamin, basically. Like I got to the point, and I only say this as a story of like how things can empower you badly. Whereas like, I'm not gonna die in a car accident. No one's gonna have it. I can't die from bad health. I'm fine. <laughs> I've got plans and futures that and God's not going to let those fall apart. So I'm safe no matter <laughs> what. I know it's demented, right? I told my friend this and he judged me harshly. I don't know why I'm sharing it with all of you. Um, <laughs> Leave judgmental comments in the <laughs> comments below. <laughs> but the reason that I bring that up is like, it's a good word. I have plans for you, prosper you, not to harm you. It's taken out of context as it was given to exilic Israel and I was applying it to my life and taking it as a sign in a way that it was not um, but I changed the feel and the meaning and the I'm invincible now yes yeah, and that's exactly what Lamech does we are Lamech doesn't seem phrased in the best way first off because he's breaking like the ideal of marriage he's got two wives but then he takes a word that was given to his great 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 grandpa about, man, you know what? There was someone who killed someone once. My great-great-grandpappy killed his brother. And when he did that, God was like, I've made you invincible. <laughs> if anyone kills you, I'll bring vengeance on them sevenfold. So you know what? Come here, my wives, and listen. I killed a man. <laughs> he struck me, this young man, and I straight up killed him. Why did this go to a country I accent? I have no idea. Okay. And so... If my great-great-grandpappy sevenfold upon him, well, that's been multiplied by the time it got to me. Seventy-sevenfold vengeance on anyone who touches me. So bring it on. You know, like, he's, he's embodied this. God gave it as a way to stop violence. He's now taking it as a way to create violence. Who knows if he's going to go on to use this to become, like, a militaristic kind of guy or kill more people or, or just, like, keep the world or his wives why is he telling his wives this like is it possible this is like a you know you know who i am like you know is he intimidating them or something well or he what, could be bragging 
Yeah, or he could be bragging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever the case may be, he's obviously not gone the right way with this. This was not God's intent. And right from the get-go of the Bible, we are spiraling and spiraling until eventually we're going to get to Noah, right? Where God's like, I got to flood the whole thing. <laughs> Start over. Like, it's, it's, it's not working out. So, uh, needless to say, um, the Bible gives us more clues as to, like, the difficulty going on. Normally, no one knows the story of Lamech. Like, just seems like a random story there. But when you're well, actually... Well, and it, like, attention. it stops. It's, it's weird that if you look further, it's just... Yeah, so was this it. is all we know about him. Yeah, there's not much there, but it's just enough to see, like, wow. People have been twisting God's words since the beginning of time. Like, this is, this is Genesis 4, you know? And, like, people have been uh, violent instead of pursuing God's peace. Instead of letting God, like, stop cycles of violence, they've used God as a tool to empower it. So, so Book of Eli. Book of Eli, yeah. Um, with that being said, we're going to close out today's episode in a little bit of a different way. Uh, during um, a lot of the protests that were going on, uh, Black Lives Matter protests throughout the previous year, uh, during that time I wrote a song um, that was about innocent blood being shed, like Abel's, in this case referencing it to uh, um, uh, the blood of, of all the black lives that have been affected by racism. And then uh, looking, that, looking at that in the light of the Lamech story and the Cain and Abel story. So we're going to close out with that song as you kind of think over the story in that light. And we will catch you next time. Be sure to comment about Jamin's beard and or anything else in the episode down below. And join us on the Discord if you would like to continue this conversation. And cue an older video where I had a beard now. How many times must the ground open up to drink the blood of innocent skin?
Must tongues be lifted high If the lesson learned is set aside God for all in every language every tribe the church is diversity as pride they can't hear you calling out Abel's blood screams out to me mm-hmm. They can't hear you calling out I can't breathe But baby I haven't missed a thing I knit you in the womb As an image of myself mm-hmm. I see you in the tomb Your blood cries for its sake. I can hear you calling out. I can't breathe. Abel's blood. Screams out to me mm-hmm. And they can't hear you calling out I can't breathe But baby I haven't missed a thing